Hi, welcome to Habits and Hope, the podcast that is not about perfection. It is about being purposeful to be joyful and fulfilled as God intended. And we're so excited to have Sarah Hobbs back, our money guru for a monthly little money touch up here. So Sarah, what, what do we got to talk about today? Hey, Trisha, it's good to be back again. Well, so I was, I listened to one of your podcasts a couple of weeks ago where you were talking about going through and, and kind of reorganizing and, and pulling some things out that you don't need anymore. And that made me think about planning and, and preparing for life and money and, and all that good stuff. So that was kind of top of my mind. I'm so glad that you brought that up because uh, my husband and I have been doing the same thing, just, just reorganizing and um there's some, I think there's some good that comes out of that when we start to recognize that, you know, when you have so much stuff, you can be burdened, and when you make room for something good, God really, he moves in a different way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely been talking a lot about making that room in our lives in many ways and being more diligent and all kinds of things and, and, and just taking a different look and, and actually being more purposeful and planning things. Like last week we talked about, you know, planning our priorities. So this definitely fits perfectly into that. Cause uh, honestly, I don't think very many people can say like money is zero priority. Unfortunately, we really need it to, to do things and survive and pay bills right. and, and, and so forth. It's kind of a necessity whether we like it or not, but, you know, some of that is making margin to be able to do more for other people and then even more margin in your house. Uh, sometimes when you start that cleanup, maybe you have duplicates of things you didn't even realize you had. <laughs> and, right. um, and you're like, well, maybe if I had like kind of less, I'd be able to find things easier and, and just making that space for things. So, okay, well, let's get started um, I know we talked a little bit just briefly last time about how people have pretty negative connotations a lot of times when it comes to budgeting. I always say people will think of it like a diet and they're, they're like, I don't, I don't want to go on that path. So what are, what are some things I guess you would say to somebody who feels that way a little bit about budgeting? Well, Nobody really wants to sit down and do it. I mean, I've met a few people in my life who are really excited about numbers, and they like spreadsheets, and it gives them a special kind of thrill that I, I can't relate to. Um, <laughs> you know, but sure. it, it, it's, like, it's like going to the doctor. You know, it's, it's being diligent, um, being mindful. It's stewardship. So God gives us everything. He provides us with everything. And so as stewards of, of what he's given us, we're supposed to take good care. And part of that is sitting down and being mindful with how you spend money. Um, but there's so many positives that come out of that because if you don't take the time to look to where every little dollar goes, you might miss some opportunity to, you know, reduce your spending, which would allow you to maybe work less hours, which would allow you to maybe spend time with family and friends or, you know, doing something that you find more fulfilling. And I think, you know, it's not just money that we're supposed to be good stewards of. It's, it's our time, how we, how we work with the gifts that we've been given and our talents. So, and budgeting definitely falls in with that. It's very important. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense that I see a lot of times people who feel like they're stuck in a job 
and they're like well I can't leave this job even though I absolutely hate it um and I'm like but if you made changes and made more margin in your budget you could and I'm not saying it might happen tomorrow but you know like let's just say I mean I was working at the post office as a supervisor and after a few months that I realized I don't know how long I was gonna have to keep working 12 hour days and seven days a week 12 plus hour days I was like this is enough it was good money and they tried to talk me out of it he said but you you won't make this much money somewhere else I'm like number one money is not the most important thing there's so much more and two I probably will because you don't know me, but (laughs) I will be fine. But, and that's part of being diligent. But now I get to work with businesses kind of on on a similar spectrum of, you know, a lot of them are like, I'm working so hard building this business. And then when I come in and help them look at their business finance side of things, I'm like, but you're not profitable. Let's make these changes. Cause they just, they're not, they haven't been looking at it. They've been just like running their business and, they're not looking at it and I can walk right in and go, why are you, why are you spending $2,000 on this marketing? <laughs> and uh, is that really, you know, bringing the people in or, um, you know, what is, what are all these subscriptions that you're paying for? Do you even use these softwares and it, things like that? So I get to come in with a different perspective, but it definitely starts with looking at it because a business or yourself can't really be profitable if you're not looking at it. And that's, and that's, you're exactly right, and diligence is such a huge part of the budgeting process. Um, it's one thing, and we, we touched on this a little bit the last time, where it's, it's one thing to put a budget in place, but you actually have to commit to it. It's a dynamic document. So as your expenses change, as you pay off a car loan, or as you um, get a better job, a better paying job, you know, there's going to be some fluctuation that you have to account for. So you have to really be diligent and make sure that you're spending the time to update, to look at it, to review it. Um, yeah, it, it's not a short-term fix. It's definitely something that it's going to be around. If you do it right, which you that's what we want, right? Right. <laughs> we want to do it right. So it's, it's going to be a part of your life forever. For the right. Long you know, it's this is a marathon, right? We're all in a marathon. This isn't a sprint. Thankfully, I'm a much better marathoner. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's what it is. It's this is not something, and maybe that's a good mindset shift is to look at it as a part of your life rather than something you have to do. It's something that's a part you incorporate it into your weekly, monthly routine um, because it really is it's a benefit. It's not, it's not a negative at all. It's a benefit because, you know, along with the money that you might find in the way to reduce some of the costs and expenses, you can grow your money by investing what you're saving. Um, and then think about the value of time. Like how much additional time are you actually finding in your life because you're budgeting? Um, yeah. Which most people think it's going to take more time. Most people think it takes more time to budget, but what they don't realize is that when you're not having to, say, work extra shifts to pay for the bills, and a lot of people think that when I get that raise, when I get that promotion, when I get a better job, then I'll be okay. But the truth of it is, 
I've worked with so many people on finances enough to know that that's not what happens. If you can't be diligent with a little, you're not going to be diligent with a lot. And that it doesn't change you. As soon as that money comes out, if you're already spending beyond your means, you make more money. Guess what? You probably will continue to spend beyond your means. You will adjust accordingly without a plan for sure. And it's so funny what you were saying, because what God had put on my heart this week to say, and, and it came up over and over again that I was like, Oh, okay. We will put this in the budgeting podcast. But it started with this quote that I like really quickly grabbed and it was Winston Churchill. And it says, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And then last week, the podcast, we talked about how the plans of the diligent leads to profit as surely as hate leads to poverty. And we apply that, of course, to other things other than just money. But of course, that very clearly, that's Proverbs 21.5. That definitely clearly relates as well. Like when you're diligent, just like we keep saying, it's not just profit, but it's kind of success, I think is the better thing. And so I was working with this group as a leader this week on this whole sugar-free challenge. And I'm a little further along because of some things I had to adjust to kind of help my, my daughter out. And so I'm trying to encourage this other group, just one more thing that God led me to do. But, and as I, I again, use that quote, since it was on my mind, I pulled it in for them and I realized, you know what? That's the two reasons that people don't succeed. Either one, they give up before they see results. You know, we want immediate gratification. That's how most of us get into to debt and get in trouble anyhow but we want to get out of trouble faster than we got into it so we quit we think we're going to like put that budget down and and bam we're we're better off or two they stop doing the things that led to success in the first place like you said it's it's a marathon it's success pretty much is never i realized a destination you reach and you're done there's there's i could not really think of one thing that you reach success and you're like i'm done i mean even a great author they necessarily are not generally remembered very long for one book. It's many books. They keep writing. They keep doing those things. We're losing weight and we're working out and we're eating well. That's great. And we might reach success momentarily, but if we stop, we're not going to stay successful. And it's funny, even people do this with their relationship. You know, you'll they'll treat their significant other really well. <laughs> and maybe they think, okay, we have a great relationship, so I'm going to stop doing the things that got us there. Well, you're not going to have a great relationship anymore <laughs> when you stop doing the things that got you there. And I mean, it seems like almost a silly example, but I kept thinking of all these examples. And of course, money, you can reach a point where you have all your debts paid off. You have a pretty good lump sum of money. But when you start stop being diligent and you, you've reached that place of financial stability, you probably will not stay there for very long if we don't continue to be diligent so unfortunately like it or not I think you have to keep going (laughs) yeah you're absolutely right I mean you take your eye off the prize and suddenly just think about how quickly you can go backwards too if if you are you put your heart and soul into changing making a positive change in your life in this case with budgeting you get to a point where you're starting to feel comfortable and then you take your foot off the gas and it's, it's so fast how we can slip back into old habits. It, it's Even if you've been doing it for years. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it too. It's, I was reading something this morning about committing our time. Like, how do you start your day? Do you start your day reading the Word? Is that something that you do? And then suddenly, for whatever reason, something gets in the way. You find yourself not doing it, and then it becomes less and less important. And slowly, your relationship with God starts to change. It's not as close as it had been because you weren't committing. You weren't being diligent about starting your day in the Word. It's the same thing with everything else. I mean, it, it applies. I think that's a it's a life lesson. The more well, we it is so funny you said that because the last little part of my note was I think that God designed us to be in perpetual motion. That that His that it's like everything is a model for our relationship with Him. We never re- reach a spiritual doneness. <laughs> we we're never going to re- reach a place of even giving and helping others enough. Like, okay, we're done because he designed it to be an attitude and a heart status, not a final destination. That final destination happens when we're done here on earth. And that's when we reach the resting place. But here on earth, I think that's exactly what came to my mind of like, you, you, no matter how many times you read the Bible or go to church or worship him, we're not done. He designed us that way. And so when I really stopped to think about it, I think that he created that model because it applied to just life in general you're never going to reach those places where you're like okay I'm done I've reached perfect success I can stop now and you're not going to sustain it and I think that it seems to me too that there is some kind of an attitude of complacency in our lives you know or in our society where we get complacent and we get comfortable maybe comfortable comfort is a better way to describe it we get to a level where we think we have everything that we need and maybe that's when laziness, I don't know if laziness is the best word to use. Yeah, um, I get what you're, yeah, we're complacent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. where that comes in and we take, we start to think that, okay, we're good to go on the budget. We slip from doing it on a monthly basis to now we're doing it every couple of months. And then suddenly something comes up that we would have been prepared for had we continued and been diligent. Or expenses kind of started to slip in because as soon as we are disconnected from that debit card or credit card, you know, no matter what, even cash, it doesn't matter. Once you start to get disconnected from it, that's, that's it. I mean, you really just don't realize how fast you spend, but you know, I think it was my husband who was talking about like the average person spends $60 a day and that is nearly that's close to two, two grand. And you're like, think about how fast $60 a day could go. You know, you go out to eat with your spouse, maybe you fill up for gas. It, it doesn't take much $60 a day. It's nearly two grand a month. It goes fast. And when you're not, you're not watching it, it, it all the faster. So where, where do you suggest starting a budget? How do you start? Well, I start, I, I recommend that people take a month, um, gather their expenses, and there's so many There's so many free apps that you can use that are really good to help, like Mint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mint, Mint is an Intuit product. It's, it, I'm not getting any kickback from this month. Right. <laughs> one that, that we, that's the one that we use. Um, it integrates with your bank statements and things. So I yeah. suggest that people take a month, they start tracking, and then after a month's time, they sit down and they look to see where they are to get a picture. 
and then start to notice, okay, here's two sodas a day. I can cut that out. We can, you know, put this to, I don't know, gas money or something. So the month really gives you a time where you can get an idea of where you're at, and then the next step is to figure out how you make some modifications. Some very simple things. I mean, I'm all about taking it easy, getting used to the process. Don't jump in too hard or too fast. That's been my problem in the past is that I get, oh, I'm gung-ho when I'm ready, and nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, I've overdone it, and I've freaked myself out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is too much. And then, I'll, and then I just give up. And I don't think I'm the only one out there. I hope no. Not. I think I think a lot of people I mean that's kind of been part of the process even for the podcast was I realized that everything that I did was always I'm all in and it's too rigid it's too strict when we fail we're likely more likely to go that's it I can't this doesn't work and um you know basically gave up before we saw results we made it too hard and I I completely agree of just every part of our life of you're just whittling away the bad habits and adding the good habits and, and just taking it little by little. Some things are really easy because it could just be, I know we talked about it last time, it could be some calls to insurance company. And it's a really easy way to possibly save some money in your budget. But some, like you said, might be like, okay, I need to not stop at the convenience store and buy. Have you looked at the prices of convenience store drinks? Oh my um, God. Yeah. I'm it's always bad. telling my kids, I'm like, you realize you could buy a two liter. <laughs> it will waste half of it and still be better off financially than you are for buying that 20 ounce drink. Well, it's funny that you brought that specific um, example up because I, I was in a, I was in a local convenience store and buying a 20 ounce. Well, I thought about it and then I saw it was almost $3 or something for a 20. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, and then I huffed off. I'm like, I'm not paying that much for a <laughs> said you you at first didn't notice the price and that's what I've noticed I think the more convenient something is the less we pay attention to the pricing and we kind of have to put that in I mean and they know that I there's a reason they charge that much it's ridiculous you would not pay for that if maybe in your normal grocery shopping you might I mean I'm more likely to compare when I'm doing that than doing a quick stop I just need the convenience of something and the last few times I'm like man I'm gonna just get like tap water and that's exactly why like amazon and all of these other sites they want you to save your payment information yeah because, you know it's so much easier if you don't have to get up and walk 10 steps to get your credit card number out um, assuming you don't already have it memorized but don't here's a simple step don't save your credit card information don't have your account hooked up to paypal like don't make it hard on you to, to spend on things that you don't necessarily need. This is That's really, good. Yeah. Like that can really make a huge difference because laziness factors in. Like I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to get my purse. If I'm, you know, 50 yards away, well, 50 yards is way too long, but 50 steps away from my purse, I'm not 
going to get up and get it. I'll just do it later. And then I've right. forgotten about it because I don't actually need it. Yes. <laughs> I never yeah. needed that thing on Amazon that I thought I did. There's a lot of psychology behind, like, where they place things, like, even in the stores, you know, watching, not buying things on end caps, all that stuff. If you ever dive into that psychology, it's kind of interesting. But yet you feel a little bit played. You're like, man, they're just hacking my brain to get me to spend money. But you make a really good point that if you have that plan already, there's other things you can do, just like you were saying, but for sure, it starts with having that plan. And, you know, I think mentally when you have that budget, you go, okay, this is going to go, let's just say, into the clothing category. I have, let's just say, only $50 budgeted for that. I do have a little cash I didn't spend last month. Oh, but this is still going to put me over. Yeah, I better just wait. It, you know, like there's, there's already more thought process because you have to pause and go, where am I going to put that? And that's where I think a lot of people buck it a little bit because they're like, I don't have time for that. But like you said, there are apps that make it easy. And I agree. Definitely starting with where you're at. That's the thing that the biggest key is, is for the first step, just like anything else, you know, like that's why they always harp on you. Like when you're trying to lose weight and eat better, start writing down everything you eat. First of all, it's a little more painful when you have to write down everything you eat because you're like, Ooh, I don't really want to say that I ate a bag of potato chips or a candy bar, but it, that's the reality. And it's kind of the same thing. So for like, for me, I've done the spreadsheet and I've done like, um, Quicken is another one. I used to use that a lot. And right now I'm kind of in a, I want to write things down because for some reason for me, there's just this mind connection when I write it down. Um, it makes it a little more painful. <laughs> so yeah. it's just trying to truly connect. But I'm like, whatever makes, whatever gets you there. If that's what's easier and you do it and you have a connection, go for it. Whatever gets you where you need to go. But for sure, starting to look at it is key for almost anything that we, we take on. For sure. And I think, you know, this is where really being honest with yourself and your habits and the way you do things. This is where you you have to you have to tell the truth about yourself. Like, yeah. okay, you know, I know that I'm going to sit on the couch and spend more money if my card is saved, and if I have to get up, I'm not going to. Right. Well, that's not exactly the best thing you want to think about yourself. I'm so lazy I can't get up and walk in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I'm gonna whatever it is that's that's going to get me to my meeting my long term goals. That's what I'm going to do because at the end of the day, that's more important to me. So you, it's all about making priorities, knowing who you are, what's important, um, and and don't beat yourself up. Right. You know, if you if you for okay, let's say you you've got your plan in place, you've done the things you need to to get started, everything's looking good, and then you go on vacation, you miss a week or two, you forget and yeah, you're still better off. You're still better off than you were. Yes, absolutely. Um, and don't, yeah, just don't beat yourself up because you got to start somewhere. And it's like what you, whatever method works. If you want to write things down, because I know that there's there's some kind of a connection. It's the same as using cash. Yes. Instead of using your credit or your debit card, because those things aren't. There's something about giving cash, at least for me. Um, it's, I'm hesitant. I'm, 
about how I spend cash than just whipping out my debit card to pay for something. I think you have to count it out and you're a little more in touch with that total. And I've tried to also make that time to pause and look like when I, I don't tend to use cash because um, carrying cash makes me about hyperventilate because I feel like something's going to happen to it. (laughs) So I tend to not carry cash, but I've tried to make a point to really look at every receipt afterwards. Of course, I'm going to write it down anyhow, but even then still just like causing, first of all, I catch mistakes so there's that. <laughs> so like, wait a minute, they overcharged me for this or they charged me twice. I've caught more of that already by looking at that. But on top of that, just whatever you can do to be more conscious of, of doing, of knowing what you're spending. I think another point would be, I guess, I guess maybe this would take place after you kind of know what you're doing with your money. And then you start to make some small little adjustments. I guess one big thing I would say, and I think you kind of at least least mentioned to it one other time, but setting some goals. And I'll use my son as an example. So he got his first job this summer and he was, he's a lucky little duck because he got a good job. (laughs) He was making good money and he worked for a moving company. He's a, he's a cute kid. Everybody loved him and they were just throwing tips at this kid. Like he, he would not have made tips like this about anywhere else. Let's just say, and you know, his first day he worked one job and came home with $75 just in tips, just in tips. I didn't know that they did that. So he was doing well, but what I started to find, which he's so funny because he is my kid who is not a spender. He would, he would get money from relatives for Christmas and he would still have it four months later for his birthday and still not know what he wanted to spend it on. And, and when it came time for Christmas birthday, like, what do you want? I don't really know. I don't really need anything. That's the kind of kid he was yet. Mind you that he's 16. He has a car, he can get places. And I noticed the the energy drinks were creeping in and I'm like, do you know how much you're spending a week on energy drinks? just saying. (laughs) And I noticed the clothes and all this other stuff. Well, I stopped him and I was like, okay, how, like I kind of kept mentioning you kind of burning through your money and you've got to pay for your insurance and you've got to pay for your gas for the rest of the year. I don't know how much work you're going to get done in school. So uh, while you're in school and, but it still wasn't sinking in. And then one day I said, you know, you keep complaining about your phone buy a new one. As long as you have X amount of dollars, I gave him a, a savings goal. You have this much in the bank account. I was like, I'm not buying it for you. You can buy it. But you know, if you have this, then you can buy, you know, and then you have this much extra for the phone. You can buy your phone. Immediately the spending stopped. Immediately he adjusted. Of course, now he has the phone. So we'll have to give him a new goal. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He reached his goal actually pretty quickly, but without it, he was like, my daughter was like, he's so generous. Like he'll like, we'll go to the movies and he bought everybody's ticket and everybody popcorn. And I'm like, Whoa, slow down. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, but that, you know, that lends to what a difference goals make for all of us. I mean, you take, he was actually one of my most frugal people and how quickly he slipped into that. Isn't that 
funny. I mean, it, it really just goes to say that goal setting is a good thing, no matter no matter what aspect of your life. Because what are I mean, what are we shooting for if we don't have something in place? Something. Yeah. And he could save, and he could continue to be generous. But now he recognizes he might not be able to be as generous with all the popcorn cash and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, just balance. And, it's just balance. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is balance. But see, that's the nice thing, too, about the budgeting, because you do want to have that spirit of generosity and giving, right? And so when you know when you've got, okay, here's my short-term goal. And think about this, too. Because I've my niece and nephew are like that with money. They put it, they sock it away, and then they don't do anything with it. Well, you got to do something with it. You've got to yeah. make it earn money for you. You've got to make it earn interest because otherwise it's a diminishing asset. It's it's not doing anything for you, and you've got to make it work for you. And inflation um, and and right? just the general uh, you know value of a dollar will make them basically lose money. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of the budgeting process, too. So look at he can have a short-term goal of saving for the cell phone. He can have a long-term goal of, you know, a down payment for a house. And then he still is able to figure out how much he can invest in a savings or some kind of a, an investment product. And then he still has his generosity account. And that's the sort of thing that you can do when you budget because you start to recognize the priorities in your life how you want to live your life because money allows us to live a certain way. Yes. Um, it's all, it's all tied up. It's a very foundational, it's a very foundational thought, you know, structure that budget is. Yeah. And a lot of people think they'll get to a place where they'll start. Like I'll, again, back to that, I'll get that promotion and then I'll start investing and saving or I'll get the kids out of the house. If you don't start now, even if it's really small, I know like one of the first things I did, I think it was even before 401k, my bank offered as is a military bank. They offered this little thing where you could basically just have a little bit of money taken out of your bank account every, I think it was month, maybe it was week. And it was put into an investment and it was, it started like $5 a month or a week or something like that. And I was like, wow you know, I don't miss that at all. I really didn't, didn't make any difference to me. So I increased it and I increased it. And what I realized was, and that's a great way of even starting saving. It had to be something um, intentional, not like I'll get to it when it's left over because <laughs> it won't be, you, you'll find a use for it. I just needed it gone. And, you know, I set myself up for success because it, I didn't even have to think about it, but the more I did that, and then the same thing like with the 401k and my husband and I, that's the, some of those, those decisions we made was what led us to be able to build our house out of pocket and end up without a mortgage was because we would more and more go, if we plan for it ahead of time and just like, yeah, just take this out of my check or, or whatever. That's what worked really well for us. And, and it was growing and, and expanding and, you know, still have to continue on for retirement. So people forget about that because you know, I don't recommend waiting for social security. It could be there, but it might not, but um, I don't, I don't want to bank on something like that. So, but, but there's all these little pieces because like we're investing in our life later, but we're enjoying it now, but it's all balance. It is because you can't, first of all, congratulations on building a house without a mortgage. That's huge. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
time, then we start to lose the recognition that God is, is our provider. We become, yes. we, our mindset shifts to where we start to think that we're the ones that are, we're the ones building those balances in the savings accounts, and we're the ones doing this. So there is a, there is a balance. Um, That's good. But, That's good. You know, but again, it's, you just have to start. And it's amazing once you start. It's just like everything else. There's such a blessing in starting because you start to notice other aspects of your life that are positively impacted. And probably some things you never would have even imagined could come good, could come from just starting with a budget. Because money money impacts all of us. It's like food. We can't live without it. We have to have it. We have to navigate and we need to have a healthy relationship with money and yeah. that you know budgeting is certainly part of that healthy relationship and I, and I think you hit on a key point because it's very easy to kind of slip into either like you said obsessiveness or just a pride thing like look what I've done but realize that you know I'm not saying God puts nails in the road for your tire to hit, but I'm just saying things can happen (laughs) no matter how diligently you save and so forth. And we have to recognize that God's in control. And like you said, he's our provider. So we have to be careful that, that we keep reaching out and praying over it and, and praying for wisdom. You know, I actually knew someone, I don't, I'm not saying I recommend this. I'm just putting this out there and it does cross my mind, but she would pray in the middle of the store. God, should I buy these Clorox wipes? No kidding. And I don't know if I have honestly the time to pray over every item before I put it in my cart, but, (laughs) but I can pray over my budget and say, God, give me wisdom to, to do the things you want me to do, to spend it the way you want me to spend it. And to be generous like you intended me to be. Right. Yeah, and we really should. I mean, we should as stewards. That, that should be how we start. We should start everything with asking God uh, for his guidance and his direction. Because that's, I mean, that's what we're here for. Um, and, you know, with the tire example, who knows? What if we hadn't been saving money? I mean, maybe the money that was set aside was specifically for that tire. You know, we, my husband and I were planning to go to Israel a few years ago. It was in 2017. And we had saved up and we had paid for the trip. And then our dog, our rescue dog, ended up having to have heart surgery. The heart surgery cost exactly what we had saved up for Israel. (laughs) So to me, that was, God knew what was going to happen. He knew that we loved our animals and we're going to, you know, so we got the surgery and, and he's still alive and, and very demanding. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, and that's the, that's the example I always think about is God knew what was coming down the road and we did it. And he was so kind to, he prepared us for it. We right. didn't know what we were preparing for, but it worked out, so. Yeah. And it's funny because we kind of went through something recently. My husband changed jobs and we made a little, which is so funny because all these years were super diligent, but something happened. I don't know whose fault it was. He says it's mine, but anyhow, he put the wrong, he left a number off on the account number when he set up the direct deposit. And so we ended up going three weeks without his paycheck 
And I had had some particular expenses in my business that I didn't have a lot of extra to throw back at our bank account. And so we had the savings and maybe that's me being a little bit light, but I don't want to touch these savings for this if I don't have to. And it was so funny though, because it was, you know, sometimes I guess we got to give that margin sometimes for God to work. We don't, you know, totally rely on him all the time. I mean, we had the savings because we had been diligent that we could have been okay. But what ended up happening was I was like, well, I'm trying not to touch our savings. And it was so weird because I would watch it get really close to having to go into savings. You know, a bill would hit because we have everything like pre-planned on our like bill pay, but a bill would hit. And then we got, um, hit, he gets a little bit of money from the VA. We would get like this random refund. It like, it kept trickling in constantly to be just enough to the point where we finally went three weeks without that paycheck. And then finally, you know, okay, we're, we're back. We're restored. We, we knew the money was coming. It wasn't a big deal to take it out of savings, but it kind of became a thing between me and God of going, okay, this is this lesson in me really trusting him to provide. And it was, it was truly amazing. And yet it was another way to, to really be grateful and bask in his glory of how he over and over again, just kept covering things. Yes. Oh, that is so cool. And it's, it's when you experience that in your life personally, because he does that for us. But if we just sit back and just trust, it's hard, you know, for me, it's it's a challenge. Um, When you see him move like that in your life and it's just amazing and it's incredible. And you tell that story to other people who might be in a similar situation who maybe they're not talking about it because there can be shame attached to money issues. Right. So you you share that story with folks and that gives hope and inspiration, which is exactly what he wants. I mean Exactly. Just imagine the blessing that somebody could get from hearing that. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I guess I guess I grew up in a family. It's hard for me too. I grew up in a family that I think maybe I hate to say it, but I guess they like maybe relied so much that they didn't put any of their own steps into it, if that makes some sense. I don't know how else to say that delicately. I'm not saying rely too much on God. I'm just saying that they didn't put some of their own steps into it. And um, it made me more leery of like, well, I'll ask God when something's really bad but not necessarily the day to day because I didn't want to be like them where they weren't putting their own effort into it. Like, you know, kind of meeting God, you know, like we plant, you know, we plant the seed, God helps it grow, you know, like there's a partnership sort of thing. And so it caused a lot of, a lot of hesitancy in me. And then I realized that that's not what, what it was supposed to be. That's not how it was intended. So I needed to back off a little bit on my independent spirit. <laughs> and, and so this was, this was a good growth point. But so again, you know, you, I think if you're just spending it, however, and then we run up the credit card and then now turn to God and go, okay, now God, can you help me get out of this? <laughs> that's, that's not what we're talking about. But <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a balance, right? I mean, there's, um, um, everything is a balance in life. So we can yes. go too far either direction, which isn't a good thing, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this has been such a good talk and hopefully, you know, I think we've given them some really good, hopefully starting off points. Oh, I, kn- I know one other thing I was going to say too, 
I used to help people budget and they would have trouble because of fluctuations. And that was a stress point. Like I can't budget because it changes so much. I will say one, you know, look at what is coming in and then spin according to that. But another thing is, is you can plan on the average. So take your averages, whether you have to look at it for the whole year. And that means on a good month, you set aside money on a bu- on a bad month. You may have to pull a little bit of that out, but you look on the averages and then spend on the actual, I guess is the best way to say that. But don't let fluctuations mean that you can't do it because you can't. Yes. Basically, don't find a reason not to try. That's a good reason. Yes, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just give it a shot. You know, you'll you'll figure it out. You'll figure out what works. But that I do think that's great advice. There's fluctuation in all of our budgets. Um, oh yeah. It, just, it happens no matter. We we can't. It's just going to happen. Yeah. So don't let that be a stumbling block and a reason to talk yourself out of it for sure. Yeah, because that's a good point. Almost everybody, at least, has some. I will never know 100% what my utility bill will for sure be, but but I know what it is on average. So on the, on the bad months, like in the winter is when ours tend to be higher, we can just kind of set that extra aside um, in the summertime. Well... I know that sounds crazy, but usually our electric bill is not as bad in the summer. So we might set that little extra aside and then put that towards it in the summertime. I mean, the wintertime, sorry. But <laughs> that that's all we can do. And so, yes, I agree. Just 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 start and and don't look at it as restriction. Look at it as a chance, I guess, for God to really show up. I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, it's an opportunity for growth in all ways. Yes. Well, Sarah, this has been awesome. I hope that people will take something away from that and maybe loosen the, the fear around that budget word <laughs> and uh, and get that chance to be diligent and good stewards of what God gives us. Yes, I agree, Trisha. This has been Habits and Hope. I hope you have a great and blessed week. We will be praying for you. Mm-hmm.